we want this weekend to be is an opportunity for us to take some of what we've heard in these four weeks, uh, to take some of the lessons that you did not get to. The thing that was crazy for me was in those four weeks of the message, which I got to hear you preach and watch you prepare and you know, watch you run through and you kind of, I saw, I saw myself in you walking around the house muttering, you know, all the, all the things that crazy preachers do. Um, <laughs> but, but I was like, gosh, when are you going to get to that? When are you going to get to that? And that was part of the reason I wanted to do this weekend because mm. I just feel like there was so much you didn't say, which is always the hard thing. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, how, how did that even feel? And so this is, what is this? This is Fight to Flourish, the bonus weekend. This is Ooh. the fifth and mysterious episode. I like and it. we're just going to kind of live here for a little bit because I think uh, part of, part of uh, I know I asked you a question, but <laughs> part of what I was thinking about, I guess God just put in my spirit was this picture of uh, scuba divers. I'm not a scuba diver, but I, I know that they can't come up too quick or they can get nitrogen in their blood vessels and it mm. can really make them sick and even die because they've been so deep and you can't go so deep without and then come above for air without first having there be a, a, a transition. And I felt like what we needed before we rushed on from these days, because quite honestly, some of the lessons we've been learning and things that God's been speaking through you and through this book and through scripture as we've been looking to it um, is so deep, so powerful, and so profound. And I don't want to just rush to the surface and be on our merry little mm, way wow. without first taking some time. And this, this, this week is an opportunity for us to to get that breath and to so slowly make our way uh, back to uh, the top of the water. So that's beautiful. Well, and so helpful. How did it feel taking a you know fifty-five thousand word book and turning it into four talks and and all that? Well, that overwhelms me just thinking about it. But I, it was a struggle. It was definitely a struggle because um, you have these four weeks and and our team was so great helping me trying to like put things into buckets and what I could be preaching about and what I could focus on. But it's, it's overwhelming because there's so much and it's all stuff, deep stuff that God was showing me and, and working in my life. And it was just kind of hard to pick and choose. Um, but you know what is so amazing? Like, even as I was rereading it for the series, um, I honestly felt like there were so many moments where it was like, wow, I wrote this. Like, God was speaking to me through things that I wrote that I didn't even remember that I wrote. And even like references, Bible references and just things. I was just like, where I'm at right now, I felt like God was speaking to me through me. But I remember you saying that about your books too. Like as you would read back, you would just see like God's faithfulness and, um, and he would speak to you through words that you put on a page, but it was just in a, a different season that you're in. And um, so anyways, one of the things that has been so beautiful has been hearing from so many of you, whether it's um, Instagram, uh, emails coming in, um, I don't know how else you could write in, but um, where you're literally telling me that you feel like God wrote this book for you. And I'm not saying that because, wow, look at me, this is so amazing. Honestly, I am in awe that God would use me and allow me to encourage you in the season that you're in and what you're going through. I mean, I just, to name a few, there's Amanda Secor, um, Ariana from LA, Clara from Scotland, um, at Mrs. Nicole 82, uh, Catherine Chappelle, Ninad Salve in India, um, Emma J. Bean. That I was just, nice of Dave to loan her his copy, Dave Chappelle. 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, anyways, but as I've just been hearing all these things, all my response is, wow, God, like, you are so good, yeah. and you're so outside of time where you could use someone who is pretty reluctant, I would call myself, I was reluctant in this whole process, but who would use someone to speak to someone in the season that they're in a year. And I mean, that's just how God works. God yeah. works so mysteriously and so beautifully. And um, so I am just honestly in awe of what God is doing and how he wants to use this. But I'm excited to kind of dig in a little bit deeper. And look, now you have a T-shirt. That's fun. I have a T-shirt and I have a mug. It's and beautiful. I have this really cool okay, sweater. Okay, that might be the coolest piece of merch we've ever done. So it's a really cool sweater that says put on love, which I talk about It's like in the a book, knuckle tattoo. But it's like a little knuckle of, of love just to remind you like those like and it's I don't know perfect how many of for you this have, summer season it's nice yeah, it's, and lightweight it's very lightweight um I don't know how many of you have like a, a wrist tattoo where it just I have one that says let it be um but just little reminders of like okay just let it be mm. and lord let it be and so this is a little reminder put on love so Incredible. anyways yeah I um I had a girl write me this week and uh she told me about your book specifically because I posted about it. And one of the things that she wrote, I didn't write her name down. That's the difference between me and you. <laughs> uh, I was like, this is just powerful. And you were like, Ashley, I'll write her a note later. Um, uh, That's she, true. That's how I talk to myself. Yeah, yeah. Jenny, you should write a note to this person. And <laughs> this magical symphony that you're always composing. Um, so this girl said, I, I just said, what is the Fight to Flourish message meant to you? And I wanted to read this to you because um, she said, I lost an unborn baby at 36 weeks. Mm. And this book is now helping me navigate my way through the grief. Wow. And I think that, um, well, first of all, I'd love to know how that hits you. I mean, this is so heavy. Well, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to hear because it's hard to know. It's, it's hard knowing that someone is walking through that right now. But then on the, on the other hand, it's such a beautiful thing that, um, that the struggle that I've gone through and the, the pain that I've walked through, that we've walked through, could be of any help to anybody. And I think that that's part of the, the mystery of how God works is you can go through the worst days of your life. And as you hold on tightly to him and you um, experience God's peace that passes understanding— there's the the whole other side of fighting to flourish for yourself, but also fighting so others can flourish. And I think that's just just such a, a beautiful thing that my story and the things that God has taught me and taught us would be able to encourage someone who's at their darkest in their their worst season imaginable. And it's almost like help giving them a compass or um, giving them a life preserver or something to help them. And I remember when we, when Lenya first went to heaven and we would have conversations with um, pastors and friends and people who were just there for us, we would call it a, a buoy for our soul in that moment because like, we just felt like we couldn't even keep our head above water, but then we would just grab onto this moment with someone and they would speak life over us and they would um, pray over us and they would um, just speak God's word over us. And it was like, oh my gosh, okay, and we're holding on to that for dear life. And I was like, okay, we just got to swim to the next one. And the, but the, even those things that helped us in the moment 
but now getting to see like, wow, God, you are, you're helping people in their hardest moments and even in just daily hard moments. And I'm just thankful. It's funny, you know, when we were doing the Fight to Flourish release day event and Judah and Chelsea Smith came on, you know, they passed through a church in LA and Seattle and Chelsea said something. I, she, she never said it to me before. Maybe she had said it to you at one point. She said that when Linnea went to heaven and we, you know, didn't turn our back screaming on God, giving him the middle finger, and, you know, we, we continued to be Christians and we continued to serve in ministry, that she said it helped her and them um, face a fear that she had long fostered, and that mm. is that she wouldn't be able to get through losing a child. You yeah. know, and for every parent, that's that's, you know, paramount on your great fears. And I, as, as she said that, I, I kept thinking about that, like, because if you had asked us before our, our daughter, you know, went home to heaven, I don't think we would have ever said we could survive that. Mm-mm. But I think what maybe is reassuring through this story to people, because, I mean, it is holy ground. I feel like, I felt like I was trespassing reading your journal entries. You know, mm. you were so vulnerable and so candid and so bare. You know, like as I was reading it, because I, I didn't read it till you were your manuscript was done, and then you sent it to me, and I was on an airplane, and I read it, and I, I reread it again as we were going through the series. But as I got to your journal entries, because you know, <laughs> we don't have an open marriage. <laughs> I was gonna say we have a marriage. Wow. We have a marriage where we share a lot, but yes. I don't read your journal. Right. You, know, I, you don't read my journal. We have, we keep those things before you know before God. Right. Um, our marriage <laughs> is 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 very. We're very open with each other yeah. about our hearts, yeah. but not that. So as, as, as the world got to read things, I realized I had never read these things. You just were sharing precious things that w- everybody would have said, if you don't want to hang, if you don't want to let that out, I mean, you really open it up. And I think- A little too much, maybe. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I think it's freeing and gives permission for us to struggle and hurt. For you to be saying, it's hard for me to trust God. It's hard for me to get over myself. It's hard for me to keep going. It's hard, hard for me to get out of bed. And, and those things that you walked through that, that we don't, we never would have imagined we could have walked through, but the grace of God, yes. but his Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that peace that passes all understanding, and that that now is helping this girl and her husband walk through mm. the unimaginable. What we've found out is a very unrecognized form of grief in our day. And that is the loss of, of, of babies in the womb. Yeah. I, I feel like my eyes were open to it because so many people, when Eyes of a Lion came out, and now we have, through the flourishing of a leopard, uh, <laughs> the, the two big cats. Aw, they go uh, so well together. They're friends. They're friends. Uh, but so many people would come up to us at book events and say, you know, I lost a, I lost a baby in, 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 you know, this trimester, this trimester. Mm. And I feel like almost always they felt almost like... Um, like, like they hadn't been, val- a lot of times it hadn't been validated. Yeah. And I, I personally think that the reason our culture doesn't quite know what to do with the grief of a uh, baby lost in the womb stems from abortion yeah. and the fact that it is uh, a callousness, culturally speaking, to babies dying or, or being put to death in the womb hmm. that has caused, when someone loses one, it's almost like hard to regard that because so much energy has been fostered into Gosh. that's not real life. So when a couple then is putting a crib together and putting a room together and going through all of this work and care, and then that baby goes to heaven, uh, 
the culture doesn't have a way or a frame of reference totally. to even foster that. Therefore, that grief feels like it shouldn't be real grief, yeah. but it is. Yep. And it's, it's a baby formed in its mother's womb by God's hand. And, and so all that challenge, uh, to me, you wrote this book talking about your fight to flourish, but really it's your willingness to be vulnerable that is giving us permission to find mm. beauty in our difficult seasons. Wow. Well, that's amazing. And... Um, I just think that, I, I, I guess I've just been hearing so many stories even in the past couple weeks, and a lot of even people who um, are pastors or leaders within the, the church and just feeling like they can't struggle through things because they lead a church. But I think that there's that aspect also of even when you're, when you're leading people, like you have the 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 right to walk through hard things and to, to doubt and to struggle and to not have it all together. Yeah. And I think so often... And to wonder where God is in the middle of it all. You right. Know? And I think even now in this time that we've been in, in these past three months, like um, all the Instagram lives, all the like interviews, all the podcasts, everything, tea we're... Tea times. We're hungry for... May they rest in peace. Reality. I know. But it was, it was a good... It was, it was fun it was while it lasted. lasted. It was so fun. Um, but I think we're hungry for people being real. I think we don't want to hear someone who's in leadership or someone who we look up to say, oh, well, we've got it all together, and here's my polished life, and, and my the view on my Instagram of all the awesome things I do, but we want, we're hungry for just the, the realness and the reality of what does it look like to struggle through and what does it look like to hold on to God when you doubt him and when you have, you're just having a hard time trusting him or, or hearing from him or whatever. And I think, that, I mean, that was my heart go, writing this book, that it would just be, this is my struggle, but this is God and this is who he is and this is, the practical steps that it has taken even every day since to be yeah. able to just keep walking yeah. forward and loving God and trusting him. And there's a couple levels I think we could talk about and we will um, of what that, of maybe some areas that we didn't get to as much in the series. Um, but I wanted to anchor this in a scripture that, that came to my mind, you know, as mm. I was reading your book, um, Proverbs 14, 11. And I think we have it on the screen for you at home. 1411, it says, the house of the wicked will be overthrown, but the tent of the upright will flourish. And I love that because uh, it shows undeniably it's God's, on the one hand, that is God's plans and God's heart for us to flourish. And we, we have talked about that. You talked about, you know, God seeing us beginning at the finish line. Maybe really the heartbeat of the book was, theologically, your fight to flourish is a fight to do what God already has achieved for you. Yeah. It's you working out with fear and trembling what he has worked in. So there's a flourishing version of you and me and every single person that will exist in, in eternity. Right. That is how God sees us in his, in his perfection and his grace. But it's now us seeking to live out what he sees that he has already packed in that picture on the seed packet of Jesus. Yeah. And I feel like on the one hand, that's, that's there that God intends for us to flourish. But the other hand that's clear about this is that flourishing isn't necessarily just the success physically or financially. 
Because he says, the house of the wicked will be overthrown, but the tent of the righteous will flourish. Hmm. So meaning, you might not be able to afford a house. Your tent might be an apartment. Your, your tent might be, for a season, you live in your car. Like, you're, you're going through difficulty, persecution. You live in a part of the world where, for your faith, you're in jeopardy, right? You can still flourish yeah. in that tent. Yep. Without wow. what the world would say you have to have. Three bedrooms, two baths, two-car garage, you know, five acres in the country, a horse, jet ski, summer place on the lake. Like, that, those are all things. And if God does bless you with those things, that's fantastic. Right. But the point is, you can be living in a desolate in a tent, afflicted seemingly, uh, not at a place where uh, you're, 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 you're living your best life, and yet you're still flourishing. Yeah. Like Job, who had everything taken from him, and yet he was flourishing even in his ash heap. Gosh, that's really good. Thanks for sharing that verse. That's amazing. Well, hey, this is Jenny Lusco, and I'm going to let you get right back into the message. But I just wanted to jump in and tell you about the Fight to Flourish audiobook. It's read by me, and I love that there's some unique, different elements to the book and to the ending, and I'm just so excited about it. And you can actually listen to a chapter for free at JennyLusco.com slash audiobook preview. And you can get back to the message now. I think um, grief looks different for everybody. And I think um, even the fact that sometimes we can walk through grief because of a loss of, of a dream or like, I thought my life would look like this. I thought I would be living in a house I thought I would be married by now. I thought I I'd thought... have my own internet connection, but I'm stealing my neighbor's signal to even watch this broadcast right <laughs> no. now. Yeah. I'm, I'm still living in my parents' house, or because of the pandemic, I had to move out of my house into my parents' house. What, whatever it is, I think so often it isn't so much um, huge tragedy, but it's walking in the loss of what we thought life was going to be. Yeah. And the grief of... And, and one thing I had mentioned earlier on in the series was this idea of multidimensional flourishing, where we can flourish in many different ways, whether it is physical or emotional or mental or spiritual. Like, there's just so many different ways where we can flourish, but there's also so many different ways that we can grieve. And there's multidimensional grieving where we're walking through um, the loss of a baby in the womb, and and you're. Th- you're realizing the reality that you're going to be living your life with what could have been, what you thought it was going to be with this child coming into the world, but is not there. Um, the loss of a, a child outside of the womb, the loss of a job, the loss of um, a relationship, a marriage. And I think just us realizing that there's so much loss and grief and even just what we're experiencing right now where where um, it's just not what we thought. I mean, even 2020, we didn't think that we would be here, but we're here. And it's almost like this walking forward with uh, maybe hope is a little bit further down the line, but right now it just feels heavy. Right now it feels um, like I'm just living in a tent. Right now it's hard. And so what does this look like as we walk through the things that are struggle for us. Yeah, and this, this message gives us permission to, to have a house taken away from us mm-hmm. and to be in a tent, but to know we can flourish in the tent. And if we are righteous and flourishing, 
those things then, if we can get them sorted out in our hearts, then we, if God does trust us with the house again and, and, and better days come, we will flourish and the house won't be overturned because our house is built and resting on the rock. Yeah. And, and that's life-changing. And I, I really do want to, you know, spend some of the time here. And we, we, gosh, we have pages and pages of things we said we could talk about. <laughs> we may not get to any of them. But I feel like perhaps the, the most important thing would be just to acknowledge that in the, the season we've faced, uh, this, everything's uncertain. And in the uncertainty, there's a corollary to grief. Because, I mean, you and I, in our experience of grief, it, it was very much... When is this ever going to change? When yeah. is it going to stop being so hard? Then, then, that, then it stops being so hard, but that becomes a new hard. And so I think the thing about grief is the two words that all grieving people talk about is the new normal. Yeah. Making coffee, but my husband's not there. He was always there to make the coffee. Mm. You know, seeing the clothes in the closet, all, all that, the new normal, the new normal, the new normal. And it's so funny because right now our society is being dominated by this conversation of the new normal. How I literally weird. got an email from Chick-fil-A that said, a little inspiration for your new normal. And I didn't read the email, but I just like, oh, that's nice. But it's hard because it's weird. Grief is, grief is hard because it's weird. It's and that weird, weird you have to exactly. find a way to navigate. And I feel like we as an entire collective civilization now are all to some extent grieving yeah. and, and finding our way through it and having to, having to deal with the setbacks and deal with it. So I feel like, but, but to know in what permission and how in God's sovereignty that he saw that we would need this message of the fight to flourish and the mm. fight to find ourselves in a tent, but to know I can flourish right here. Yeah. I don't need a house to flourish. I don't need that that I thought I needed. And maybe we're more poised to experience a breakthrough of Almighty God's power on our lives and in our country and in this world today for the things we were trusting in before to be exposed absolutely, now, and to know I'm going to flourish in this tent and then go forward with his power in my life. Yeah. Well, and one thing I think of is um, God's timing. I feel like something that I've just kind of rumbling around in my soul is just the fact that God's timing is perfect. And I think it's hard because we're stuck in time. So we experience this this year and then... Um, Two years ago, we had this, and we're just we're stuck in this uh, the the time that we're in. But God is outside of time, and I mean, hopefully, in, in the series, I was able to encourage and show you that He's working deeper than we could even see. But I was just remembering our apple trees that we have, and it's been like four years, I think, since we've had our apple trees. But what's so crazy is the first year, the people who planted them and told us about them was basically they said. Um, Apples will grow, but you're not going to want to eat them. And they're going to be disgusting, and they're going to come, and then you're going to want to throw them away. The next year, they might be a little bit bigger, but you're still not going to want to eat them. And then the third year, uh, which I think was last year, and then the fourth year, this year, um, they were just saying every year, your, your, your tree with the roots going down deeper and with the strength of the tree itself and, and getting bigger and growing and leaves and fruit, like it's going to take a while for you to be able to eat your apples, basically. Yeah, and I was just thinking, like, that is so true in life. Like, I think we expect, I'm going to plant a tree and I'm going to eat apple pie from this tree next year. Right. But it's like, no, there's just the, the seasons and the struggle and knowing that there's so much happening in the root system that 
is enabling the tree to grow. And this year's growth may not be the year where you're going to enjoy the fruit. It might just be where you're going to be watering that tree and you're going to be putting a fence around it so right. that the deer can't come and eat it. And I just think that we just have to be in that mindset of, of knowing that God is in control. And the whole growth process of our lives is him doing the deep work. And in chapter 13, I talk about the silent treatment. And I think it's so maybe often... maybe one of the most important chapters of the book, honestly. It's one of my favorites. It's worth reading, buying the book just for that chapter. Yeah. But I think so often, like, God will start a work in us, and it's almost like he plants a seed and then just kind of, like, backs off a little bit. And... Um, and I think sometimes I know, I mean, even what we heard from April last week of how she felt like, um, going through cancer and going through everything that she's been through in the past year, that she really felt this, the silent moments and really struggling to trust God in the middle of, of what felt like God's just turned his back on me in this moment. And I think what we have to do is we have to remember that, in, first of all, in any relationship, um, it involves times of closeness and times of distance. I mean, regardless, I mean, even in our marriage, it's like if you go on a trip, that's a time of, of distance. If we're not on the same page and we're in argument, we're, that's a time of distance. I feel like in any relationship that you experience, there's going to be times of closeness and times of distance, and that's the same with God. But the thing is, I think, is for us to have that perspective that even if he feels far, he's not far. Because again, he's doing the work, the deep work that only he can do, whether we can see it or not. So are we going to continue to love and trust and obey and worship God, even when we don't sense his presence, even when there's no visible evidence of, of his work in your life? I think, Or even it feels like when he's turned against us. Right. And we feel like, well, how could, how could a God of love allow this to happen? How could he take away this? How could he cause this loved one to, to die? How could, how could he do this? But if we could just remember that he's God and that he's in control and that even in that he's compassionate and he loves us and he has his best for us, we can hold on like Habakkuk for dear life and, and know that, okay, I don't understand you, God, but I'm going to trust you in the middle of this. Um, I feel like that changes the game. Yeah. And, you know, my favorite quote I took from the book, I mean, there's like 50 of them I, I just love. Um, you said, the next time you feel like God is far away and you're alone in the dark, picture yourself in the shadow of his wings. He's nearer than he seems. He loves you more than you know. The darkness doesn't mean he's gone. It means he's close and holding you near. You are safe in his shadow. And just to know, and you use the, and I'm not going to spoil it all, but the idea that when you go to a spa, a treatment's not a bad thing. Right. So I feel like God's giving me the silent treatment. You should almost be like, lucky? I mean, he's doing, <laughs> he, he gave you that. He pampered you in that way. Wow. He got so close to you. He didn't need to be talking. He was working. Gosh, that's so and I, I just feel like that is so freeing and a new, a, a new way, an empowering way to deal with suffering. Hmm. You know, and in God's providence, Jenny, this book released at a time when our country was going through 100,000 people dying, 100,000 people, and, mm. and, and so many grieving, so many hurting. And, and of course, we are in a racially torn day, yeah. the divides, the things that we're watching on TV and seeing and, 
and heartbroken by yeah. and the, the evil that's being exposed yeah. in people, the, uh, the systemic racism, the inadvertent racism that I didn't realize I was raised in a home that really was racist. And Gosh. just, uh, you know, this, this, this is a time when this message of flourishing and seeing uh, God do something new inside of us is so needed. And I'm really excited. You mentioned multidimensional flourishing. And obviously, the book series comes and goes. And he, this is a, a, a way for us to, to really have that nice send off. But, but in the coming weeks, you know, I'm going to really speak into this as we get into our Rock to City mode, as we begin serving and, and people all around the country join in on what so Fresh Life Church has done over that. the years, yes. to really believe that alongside our hours and alongside our dollars comes an intentional effort to bring about uh, multidimensional flourishing mm. to our cities, which does mean a care for injustice, yes. which, which does mean raising our voice for the oppressed, which does mean challenging even the ugly things that we're going to see when we look into our own hearts and ask questions. Yeah. And, and I'm really excited about what you have set us up for and, and begun in these days. It has been powerful and, and life-changing, and I hope you haven't gone through it lightly. Someone asked me, they said, is it a boy book or a curl book? Which is very funny, uh, because one of the things that I, I get told more often is I get, they say, in your books, Levi, you get the female reader. And I'm like, well, I, it's a mystery to me, baby. Uh, it's a gift. But I will say this, is The Fights Flourish a girl book or a boy book? Besides the fact that it has a leopard on the cover that I want tattooed on my neck tomorrow, <laughs> let me answer that question with a small list of references that you will find as you read The Fight to Flourish. Rocky Balboa, Clint Eastwood in The Million Dollar Baby, Jake Gyllenhaal in Southpaw, Captain Marvel, Ronda Rousey, Chuck Liddell, and uh, the list goes on. I rest my case, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> if you can get past the one offensive you go girl in the grow beginning. Girl. You grow girl. <laughs> Let's grow girl. Let's grow girl in the <laughs> beginning. You are on a ride that is going to challenge you and change you and help you grow. So on behalf of our church online community, Jenny, I just wanted to, and, and on behalf of my own self, <laughs> wanted to thank you and honor you and just believe I'm seeing, we are seeing, even what you reference in the book, some of the prophetic words that God's spoken over your life, um, ones you reference, ones you haven't, the way that God has secretly been just um, speaking and promising new seasons coming for you. And you are an, an important voice for our generation in this world today. Uh, I've watched you suffer in secret, and I've, I've had the honor of serving with you in public. Uh, I tell young people looking for a girl or a boy to date or marry, find someone who you would want to suffer with. Uh, to not marry for the high times, but to, for the low times. It's been an honor to suffer with you. It's now an honor to see this book touching people around the world. And I want to be more like you when I grow up. So thank you so much. Oh, babe, thank you. And if you could look into that camera right down there, uh, right down the barrel. And uh, <laughs> that got weird. Um, and I just want you just to, to lead anybody in a prayer. Maybe they didn't catch the series. Maybe they've never read the book. They haven't gone through the curriculum or the small group. They don't have the T-shirt. Levi, stop. We get it. There's a lot of things they could do. Oh, my um, gosh. But I just want you just for a moment, for someone who just jumped on the Facebook stream or the YouTube live, and they're watching this, and, and they just feel like, man, I feel like the house got torn, and all I've got is this tent. And, and I just want you to encourage them for a moment and then pray for us uh, as, as we close this time down. Awesome. Thanks, sweetheart. Thanks for your words of encouragement. He's the best. 
Um, well, I just want to speak to you in this, in this moment right here and right now, and I, I just want to say that it's no accident that you're here right now, and even if you've missed all the things and you don't have the book and you have no idea what a flourish is, um, I just want to tell you that it's no accident that you're here right now and that God has a plan for you right now, and even in the midst of what you're walking through and the, the heartache that you might be experiencing and um, the struggle and maybe just the, the, the struggle to, to take your next breath or to take the next step or to wake up in the morning. It's, maybe it's a miracle that you're up and maybe you're still in bed, but you're, but you're up and you're, you're here. And I just want to tell you that God loves you. And I want to tell you that, um, that he's not far. I want to tell you that he created you, that you're special and that you're loved, you're so deeply loved by, by a God who, who designed you. And the things that you're walking through right now might seem like, um, like it's tearing you apart, and maybe it is. Maybe um, what you're going through, you feel like um, you shouldn't be in this place, and that these things that have happened to you shouldn't be happening to you. But in the same way that it's not a mistake that you're here right now, it's not a mistake and it's, it's not an accident that you're going through the things that you're going through because the things that we go through, the pain, the struggle, the heartache, um, it's always so that we can look to God and it's always so that we can look to Jesus and it's always so that um, he can be the answer for the ache within and he can be the one that we run to and he can be the one who comforts us and overwhelms us with his love and his presence. And so um, I just want to encourage you to keep showing up and I want to encourage you to, um, to call out to God and to uh, maybe text someone who can encourage you in, um, in what this message is. And if you need someone and you don't have anybody in your life, you can always uh, reach out to us and we want to be there for you and we want to walk with you and we want to pray for you and encourage you. And so um, that would be my encouragement that um, right now in this fight, you can flourish and you can grow and you can thrive and you can um, call out to God in the middle of what hurts the most. Jeez, so good. Well, Father, we thank you. We thank you for each and every person watching this. And I pray that even as we have just so clearly sensed you doing something powerful and new in this moment, I pray that you would put someone on our heart and mind Mm -hmm. to share this with, to tell them about the next broadcast or to send the archive link later to just reach out to someone. Maybe even just you would put it on our hearts to go on the Fresh Life site and buy a copy of the book and and send it their way to someone who needs to know that that your plan is for them to flourish and become like Christ and what a liberating way it is to live from the finish line. Yes. Thank you for uh, what we've been considering, and that is the life-changing hope of Jesus. And I pray that in this moment, anybody hurting, anybody whose heart's heavy, anybody who just feels such tremendous pain and fear, would just reach out to you. Even right now, just there in your room, in your car, walking down the road, just lift up a hand. I believe that God waits for us to draw near to him, and he wants to draw near to us. So yes. just raise up a hand. Just tell him, I need you, Father. I want to flourish. I want to see this tent I'm in full of your glory. I'd rather live in a tent with God's presence than in a mansion without it. Mm. I, just, I dare you to believe that even right now, your, your studio apartment is full of the presence of, and the power of Almighty God. He's hovering above your home. 
above your car, above your, above your soul. And he wants you to know he loves you. Yes. He wants to work in your life, wants to help you change, help you grow, help you overcome that addiction, help you to get past that problem with your temper, help you to, to become the mom you were born to be, the father that you are going to rise up and become. And for those who don't know Jesus, your life is not built on the rock. So no matter how great your house is, it will be torn down. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, there is salvation. There is forgiveness. There is new life possible. So right now in this moment, we're going to pray with you. We're going to lead you in a prayer. This is your moment. This is your time as the Spirit has given you space to be forgiven. The Bible says, repent, and times of refreshment will come. Yes. Aren't you tired of trying to do it on your own? Aren't you tired of, aren't you exhausted from thinking your Instagram following would satisfy? Mm. From hoping that next hit from that drug would, would give you what you're looking for. You're empty, you're tired, you're hungry. Jesus can satisfy the ache inside your soul. Yes. Right now, call on him. Say this, say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I'm lost and I need you. Come into my heart and save me. Help me to flourish. Mm. Help me to fight. Yes, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.